first reference <coughs> to the personal finance. <coughs> Again, I'd like to establish some principles, and that's going to be taken from Proverbs 26. I'd like to read 4 and 5. 4 says, Answer not a fool according to his folly. 5 says, Answer a fool according to his folly. And the question is, is which is it? And the answer is what every 13-year-old hates. It depends. Yeah. Right? A lot of members aren't too satisfied with that answer either. Okay? And it depends. It depends on the situation. It depends on who's president. It depends on the attitude. It depends on the time. It depends on a lot of things, whether you answer someone or not. In Mark 6 and John 6, there's two occasions. Jesus said, feed the people. Some people came to him and said, we want some food. And he said, no, I'm not going to feed you. What's the difference? He fed the people that needed the food, but he didn't feed the people that wanted the food. The answer is it depends. Do we work or not? 2 Thessalonians 3.10 and Ecclesiastes 4.8. Paul did not respect people who would not work, but he did not respect workaholics either. Mm -hmm. That's right. right? Amen. Save or not to save. The Lord has no respect for people who cannot provide for family, nor does He respect those where accumulation is their whole life. What's the difference? The answer is it depends. We're going to deal with some tough stuff. i got one more. If you have with me, turn to Malachi 3. Malachi 3. Let me start reading at verse 10. I'm sorry, eight. Eight. Will a man rob God? Yea, ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings? Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes unto the storehouse, that there may be meat in thine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out you a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes and shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord. And all nations shall call you blessed and ye shall delight, yeah, delight some land saith the Lord. First glance, it sounds like a prosperity gospel. Verse 13. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken so much against thee? Ye have said, it is vain to serve God. For what profit is it that we have kept His ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? No prosperity gospel there. We do obey God. He will bless us from time to time. But if we're obeying God to be blessed, we're doing it for the wrong reason. We don't obey God because what we get. We obey God because what we got. What's been given us. Amen? Okay. So the answer again is it depends. It depends on attitude. When I deal with finances on a personal basis, there's going to be a lot of depends. And uh, that's really hard. There is, you've got the handout at the bottom of the page. 
there's a whole bunch of proverbs there. I want to focus on one, because this is going to get where the tire, where the rubber hits the road. In Proverbs 18.9, he also that is slothful in work is brother to him that is a great waster. Mm-hmm. Now listen to me. I want to talk about people that walk with God. Let's go back to old Enoch. It says, Enoch walked with God. Okay, if you came across a person and he was lazy, you would say, that's a sin. And I think all of our church members would say, amen. But if you came across a church member that got a paycheck and within two weeks, all the money was gone in ten days and struggled the last four days, you'd say, well, that's just bad money management. But this passage says they're brothers. Mm-hmm. What about that fellow? See, see the first one, we can say sin. That's bad. The second one say, that's just a bad habit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But both of them are going to get you poor. Right? right? If you don't work, you're going to be poor. Mm-hmm. If you work like crazy and spend everything you got, you're going to be poor. Mm-hmm. Right? And tired. And so, we're going to look at some of these passages here. And I'm, I'm, see, our nation is so prone to borrowing and instant gratification that we just don't recognize it anymore. Remember, remember the, the polygamy? 2,000 years ago, the culture said that was okay. I really believe that's why the qualifications of an elder said one wife. Right? It was just so common. People just thought it wasn't God's design, but it was so prevalent in culture, they didn't think twice about it. So we come over here 2,000 years later to America, and we are so to spending in instant gratification and borrowing for what we want. We are dull to that thing ourselves. And that is just as much out of the way as polygamy is. I can't put my finger on it and say, that's a sin, you need to offer a note for that, you need to repent. I'd say repent. If it was one of my children, I'd come down, you need to repent. You've got to turn from that behavior. Yeah. But I can't come down on it as a pastor like I would adultery. Right. You understand? Mm-hmm. But it's not in God's will. So when we look at this great big list of Proverbs, there's some in there, you'll say, yeah, that's a sin, you've got to stop it right away. And the other one's, oh, it's just a matter of preference. And I'm going to go, really? Mm-hmm. If you're walking with God, would you do these behaviors? Okay? All right. Let me ask you a few questions. What does walking with God look like? You know, this is from Enoch's perspective. What does it entail? What did Enoch do that separated himself from other people? He just kept the letter of the law? He didn't think there was more than that. Okay? So, let me give you this example. Brother Philip, I'll use you because you got three boys right there, okay? You give the command and you say, boys, clean up your bedroom. Okay? And I, when I say that, I got three boys and I got two girls, so, so we're right there. I mean, it's nothing that didn't happen there. But, but, but your children know what dad's standards are and they hit the bare minimum on everything. Okay? The clothes, the folding of the bed, the, the, the dusting, whatever needs to be done, just the bare minimum. Is that walking with dad? Mm-hmm. What if he says, go clean your room? And they do above and beyond the bare minimum. Is that walking with God? Yeah. 
What if they go above and beyond what is expected without having been told? Oh, no, that's walking with God, right? I think that's what Enoch did. So when we look at these finance principles, we're going to go above and beyond what God asked and not dance as close as we can to that gray area. Okay? And that's where the blessings come from. That's where, where some of these fruits come from. Okay? Let's go to Proverbs 6, 6 through 9. Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise, having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provider for meat in the summer, and gatherer of the food in the harvest. How long will thou sleep, O slugger? Which of the following describes a person walking with God? Y'all, God went to a six-legged little bug to show us financial planning. All right? If you're a real estate salesperson during a boom, you're going to sock some stuff away because you know hard times are coming. Right? If you are planning for retirement, you're going to sock some stuff away because you know retirement's coming. It's just the way things go. Yes? If you're a fisherman and you fish three months out of the year, you're going to sock it away for the other nine months. It's just, it's just what you do. But my dad, even growing up, he would tell me stories of people at Ford Motor Company that would get overtime. And the overtime came so regularly that they bought houses counting on the overtime for their house payment. And then sooner or later, three years go by, and guess what? No OT. And they're struggling. Okay? We can go to a little bitty bug and learn those lessons. All right, let me give you some questions. Let me ask you this question. Is it a sin or is it not a sin? Is it just something nice to do? Is it something, good suggestion? Or is it something that we probably should comply with? Ready? 1718, a man void of understanding striketh him, become a surety in the presence of his friends. Now, as I said in the first message, I can think of a situation, a case where I can justify nearly every one of these principles in this extreme outlying situation. Yes, yes, right? Sure. My, my, my son, daughter, or his, my son's wife needs this operation and he can't sign, I'll sign for that thing in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to have a plan to pay that thing off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got it? So, 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 that's this ditch. I mean, someone wants to, it's like the abortion issue. But what happens if she's raped? Let's deal with the 99.5% of the abortions, and then we'll worry about that 0.05 later on. Right? right? Well, let's deal with the 99.5% of your situations, your weekly, your monthly, your year-to-year things, and the outliers, we'll deal with that when it comes. 2014. It's like when you are buying a used car from someone. You go, it is not, it is not, saith the buyer. And when he has gone his way, he boasteth. Uh, the car's just a piece of junk. You get them all negotiated down, and then you drive home and you tell all your friends what a great deal you got. Yeah. What do you think? Good suggestion? Is that walking with God? Probably not, huh? Yeah. 2023, diverse weights are an abomination to the Lord, and a false balance is not good. Mm-hmm. That's probably no go, right? Yeah, probably no go. <laughs> <laughs> There is treasure in the oil and the and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but the foolish man spendeth it up. 
I don't have any savings. Well, I understand you go through a rough period, you lost a job, someone got sick, I get that. But let's look at the previous 20 years when you did, weren't sick and you did have a job, who were you putting away? And you think, well, what's that got to do with my Christian walk? <coughs> well, what does savings allow you to do? It lets you help the people the Lord in need. It lets you help family in need. Amen? There's a hundred things you can put in there. God's people safe. Right? 22.7 The rich ruleth over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. <clears throat> now I'm going to share some personal guidelines that I've given with my sons and daughters. I, don't, I keep leaving them out because they're still in my house. So they're still 21 and 23. So they're still home and socking away Mary money. So if they do marry, they get to go, here, honey, this is what I got. As opposed to, here's my debts, would you help me pay them off? Amen. <laughs> but this is where I part a little bit from, from, from like a Dave Ramsey approach. Again, the guy's phenomenal. He's done a lot of good things for a lot of good people. But a lot of his guidelines are just baby step one, baby step two, baby step three. And there's a lot of people that need that rule system to stick to it. I, I just can't do that to my congregation. I, I can't do that. I can give them some guidelines. I gave my son's guidelines, but I can't say this is wrong. Because when you, when, when you do that without the scripture, you're in trouble. And one of his things is you never, ever borrow for a car. Well... If someone's just getting out of school or just got their apprenticeship to, to weld or, and they need a vehicle, a steady one, to get back and forth to work, that's, you can borrow. But I think if that car loan's going to take you more than a year to pay off, you're probably getting too much car. Did I follow Dames Ramsey? No. See, see it's that, that middle of the road. Yeah. That's, that's where I was. Mm-hmm. And, and, and buying for a house. I think buying houses with a 30-year mortgage is stupidity. Really? Again, Ouch. <laughs> I think it is. And, and you're going to look at me a little crossways. But, but the advice I gave my kids is if, if you're borrowing for a house and it's going to take you more than seven years to pay off, you probably got too much house. And I guess that probably. There may be a case where there's not, but those are the rough guidelines. My kids have been very good and they've been very blessed along these ways. Now, I know I'm not holding up to, to say my way's been great or anything like that. I'm not taking credit. I'm just saying all the people that I talked to in the trust department that did well, what an amazing education I got from them. And i got to admit, that was part of my conversion to Christianity. God spoke to me through finance. Here was all these people, and a lot of them were Jewish, and in and, and, and Detroit, Michigan, and Southfield, Michigan, there's a Jewish population there. And a lot of these people, you know, are people that had a business. They sold them for $50, 60000000 million. They set up trust accounts for their kids. $5 million was the minimum account that in this one section we were at. And I get these parents, and what'd you do? How'd you do it? I just pumped them full of questions. And they gave me these principles. And then, lo and behold, a few years go by, and I start studying the Bible, and I go, they're doing Scripture. Maybe God's got something. And what else did he get right? Did I start reading? <laughs> no, I'm talking about an ex-Catholic boy, okay? I'm dead serious. I was not encouraged to read my Bible. I didn't know. Wow. I didn't know there was an Old Testament Joseph. Yes. 
That's how Bible literate I was. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I give these principles to my kids. They follow them. Well, not all of them will follow them. But some did. Okay, 22.16. He that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches, give it to the rich, <coughs> shall come to want. Yeah. Uh, that's probably another go to, right? Yeah. Okay. 24.27. Prepare thy work without. Make it fit in the field. And afterwards, build thy house. Yeah, what a principle. Get a job before you get into debt. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Pretty awesome, huh? Here's the one that Brother Shannon mentioned to me. A prudent man foreseeth the evil, hideth himself, but the simple pass on, and are punished. We plan. Christians plan. But there's a balance to that. The balance that I always use is Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2. That's my go-to. What's that? Except the Lord build, we labor in vain. Except the Lord keep the city, we watch in vain. It is vain to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, and to give with His beloved sleep. In other words, do everything you know to do, and then go to bed. That's it. It don't mean you don't build, and you don't watch. That's right. You just do your reasonable service, and you go to bed. My problem is I go to bed and I toss and turn all night. I haven't really gone to bed, have I? No, because I'm still holding on. Don't stay up late. Don't get up early. Just do your reasonable service. Say, Lord, I've done what I know to do. If there's something else, please let me know. There you go. Okay? Brother Charles will in the same area. You're right there. <laughs> I appreciate that. Okay? Here's the, here's the passage that Brother uh, Philip quoted earlier. Let's go to 1 Timothy 6. 6 through 10. Here's the key. <clears throat> what will help me keep my budget? And it's one word. It's contentment. Contentment. That's the only thing that's going to keep your keep help you keep your budget. And with that contentment, you'll have the discipline to follow through. Okay. Um, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Why? Because you won't be broke. You won't spend your paycheck three days before your next one. You won't have all the debts. Y'all know, y'all looked at the reasons for divorce. Debt's always up there in the top two or three. Yes? It's a lot of stress. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, let us therefore be with therewith content. Lord, I, my belly's full. I've got clothes, got a roof over my head. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah, but I need a bigger house. Mm-hmm. My SUV is six years old. Mm-hmm. No, be content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and the snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, mm-hmm. which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the lovers of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after. They have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Mm-hmm. I want, I need, I gotta have. Mm-hmm. Now. Mm-hmm. That's where the trouble comes from. And if we can uh, do our best, and if you still have children in the house, what you need to do is just start uh, training them to save. 
Oh, here's something I did, you know, really early. I've shared the story with, with a lot of folks. I get, I'm going to share that I'm not putting myself forward as a great father because there's plenty of areas in my life where I had weakness. Finance was my secular background, and I had a little bit of insight into that. So maybe my kids did a little butter average there, but I'm not holding myself up. But one of the things I did when my kids were really young, and I told them early, like when they were 11, 12 years old, I said, when you turn 16, I will help you buy your first vehicle. Okay? But you've got to show, and I said, I will match your first $3,500. You know, 15 years ago, that was a pretty nice car. I will match your first $3,500. So my oldest son turned 16. He worked. Actually, he came to me at about 16 and a half. He was his dad. I'm ready, ready to buy a Ford pickup Ranger. And I said, okay, show me your bank account. And he showed me the $3,500. I wrote him out the check for $3,500. And he bought a, Ford, bought a Ford Ranger for $3,500. Because <laughs> <laughs> he knew. If you got a car with that kind of age, you're going to have to buy new tires and maintenance and all that kind of stuff. So that's what he did. That was great. Yeah, that was great. Second boy comes along. He turns almost 17. He says, Dad, I'd like to buy my first car. And I said, okay, show me your savings account. And he did. And I said, okay. Run him out a check for $3,500. And he bought a Ford Ranger also. His was bright red, though. And uh, his was $4,000. I guess inflation took you over. <laughs> but he basically did the same thing. Here's my third son. You know, oh. <laughs> he came to me and he said, Dad, I'm ready to buy my car. He's almost 18 years old now. And I said, okay, show me your bank account. And he had zero. He said, sorry. He said, but you bought them their cars. Same genetics, same environment. No, same thing. No. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> My girls come along, they were spot on too, so I had to brag on them too. So they got the $3,500. But I started from a young age. And there's a lot of reasons to that. I wanted them to, to show perseverance of working something for three years. To a 12 year old, that's like a lifetime. Three years? That's forever. Yeah. I don't even know if I'll be alive in three years. That's what a 12-year-old thinks, right? So th that's, that's what happened with them, and it, and it worked out well. But I also knew that if they were invested in that car, they'd take better care of it. So they didn't get the gifts. So that's, that's, I, and I tried things like that all along. So, you know, maybe you're older, you're, you're, your kids are grown, but you got grandkids. And, and maybe you can do that for them. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Or maybe you can teach it to the members of your church just to try them to get thinking ahead and not just instant gratification. So I, I share that for, that for that sake. Okay? Let me ask you a few probing questions. <clears throat> Why are you buying a larger house? You really need to buy a larger house? No, I get it if you're going on child number 10, right? I don't know. Not me. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, I'm teasing. But why are you buying a larger house? 
Or why are you working so much overtime? Mm-hmm. You know, the two things you have to budget. You gotta budget time too. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Right? Can you if you steal from the Lord money wise, maybe you steal from him time wise. Okay? Why has your savings account not grown? Okay? All right, so let me ask you this. What kind of financial steward do you think Enoch was? Do you think he used false balances? He said, no way. Do you think he negotiated with people unfairly? No. Do you think he was slothful? No. Those are all easy no's, aren't they? Do you think he paid tithes? Yes. yes. I think he did. Absolutely. Or maybe he didn't. Maybe that was just a starting point. Exactly. Right? Do you think he paid all his taxes? Yes. I think so. Does someone that's walking with God not pay their taxes? I don't think so. Do you think he cared for his parents? Do you think he lived paycheck to paycheck? Now, wait a second, Brother Dolph. You just got in from preaching to meddling, right? Huh? You living paycheck to paycheck? Why are you living paycheck to paycheck? Right. Right. Is it because you got four debts from something before? Is it because you're going out to eat five times? During those two weeks? Mm-hmm. Is it because you go out to lunch during work and not brown bagging it? Why, why are you doing this? Amen. Do you ever have to, do you think he ever borrowed to satisfy his wants? Mm-hmm. And do you think he had a saint's account? No. Um, a lot of people ask what a saint's account. This is again, this is another principle that I've set up for myself and my family. There's no scripture for this. It's probably loosely correlated to 2 Corinthians. But what I do is if, if I have a certain amount I purpose on giving, I might give, let's say, uh, let's say a round number like $100. I might take that $100 and he will go to the church and then I'll put 20 into a savings account. And I go, that's not my money, that's God's. The next money will go by and $100, $80 in the church account, $20 in the saints account. That's not mine, it's God's. And all of a sudden something comes up and someone's in need and I just got it's it's laying in store, it's all ready for them. That's not my money, I just give it to them. And I, I do that. Okay? Can I give you a scripture for that? No. It's a principle I've taught my kids and it's one we abode by and the Lord's blessed us for doing it, or blessed other and allow us to bless other people for doing it, and the Lord's blessed us for doing that too. Okay? Alright. Consider <coughs> Church leaders, financial standards, okay? We know that um, the self-discipline it takes to, 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 to go forward is actually in the qualifications of an elder. We can find that in Titus 1, 5 through 8. Blameless, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, just. 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 10, likewise the deacons must not be greedy of filthy lucre, blameless. We can see finances in the offices of the church. I think we can see finances for candidates for marriage. Take a good look at your future wife or your future husband. Are they demonstrating these principles? Proverbs 14.1, Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down. A lot of times it's plucked down through credit card debt. First Timothy 5.8, If any provide not for his own, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Now again, the context of chapter 5, I've used that for years talking about a deadbeat dad, but you know what? I think it's a deadbeat son. I think that's taught in the context of chapter 5 is elderly parents. How about a business partner? You want a business partner? 
What's that? Repeat that, Dolph. First Timothy 5. The context, the context is taking care of older parents, not your wife and your children. Okay. But that principle certainly applies. A business partner. You want to go in business and be a partner with someone that lives paycheck to paycheck? No way, right? You want to hire employees that are that way? No. How about government? I love these two examples. Genesis 39, the keeper of the prison looked not at anything underneath Joseph's hand. He had full trust. He was a good man. <laughs> Daniel 6, Daniel was also a good man. Very trustworthy. Handled himself, conducted himself very, very well. Okay. There's my references um, to uh, Psalm 127, 1 through 2. Now, again, I want to stress this. We're talking about the spirit of the law. Everything I've presented to you, I can find a creative, every day, not every day, once in every decade situation that we've got to break some of these financial principles. But what I'm talking about is the day-to-day life, the month-to-month, page, however often you get paid, however often you have to pay your bills, I'm talking about that dedication over a period of time. What's the consistency show? Uh, got two daughters and hopefully they'll continue to look for that before the hormones and the heart and the fondness get going and they can objectively look at the young man okay same thing young men towards the girls okay has dad given her a credit card dad's given her credit cards and she's used to doing everything that's right run get the scissors out (laughs) yes again you got to look at the heart. You got to look at the willingness to do so. Okay? God knows I wasn't the perfect husband when I got married. So there's, there's some potential there. We're looking at the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. Okay? So is a person walking with God who does not conduct business with integrity? The answer is no. Is a person walking with God who does not pay all their taxes? I think we can go no. Is a person walking with God disciplining their wants? I think so. Does a person walking with God practice first fruits giving? No question. Yeah. How can you walk with God when you say, no, you don't get yours? Amen. Does a person walking with God budget their money and time? Two most important books, checkbook and date book, right? Is a person walking with God Avoid and minimize debt. Those there's the avoid. And then I put the maintain saints account. Again, the bottom line is do all you know to do and then go to bed. And that applies more than just finances. I can't tell you how many times I've leaned on that as a pastor. Uh, Do everything I got. Okay. I don't think I forgot anything. If he does, uh, hopefully one of my preacher brethren will remind me. But other than that, you know, I'll read scripture, I'll pray. Uh, but I'm, it's, it's yours. I've done everything I know to do. And it helps me to sleep a lot better. Yes, sir. Amen. You should put this video on YouTube. <laughs> you should do this, put it on YouTube, let the world have it. Yeah. It is absolutely awesome. Thank the Lord for you. Amen. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I second the motion.
Does anyone have any specific what I can again I can tell you what I try to do for my children um, and I won't be embarrassed if you say something and I tried it and it didn't work I, you know you learn from that too yes brother Darrell so regarding the the uh, thirty year mortgage yes yeah so one of the things that was proposed by some of these um, Christian financial folks is if you get a thirty year mortgage. Um, you're not strapped into too big of a house payment, but they encourage you to pay it off in seven years, 15 years, and still save that interest. So is that, would you discourage someone from doing that? I, I would discourage someone from taking 30 years to pay off the mortgage no. also. But no. is, that, is that a valid no, it's approach? just, you're going the spirit of the law of the letter of law. If you want to leave yourself, like if you're like a salesperson, and, and you know that you go through slow times and, and you just want to give yourself a little break a couple months here and there um, if it's a really really tight month I, I, I get it but the goal is to get rid of it in, I don't know whatever your number is. Now, now seven was my number and I did it because of the Sabbath cycle and that's you know it's just kind of but I, I can't draw a line and say that's it so if your numbers, whatever you purpose in your heart, if it's five or it's seven years or ten years, whatever you purpose in your heart, but you still want a 30-year note just though that one month you've got, if you had to make a low payment, you could do it. I get it. Okay. One of the things that helped me when, when I was young and I was getting started off with my very first home is I got paid every two weeks, which means two times a year I got three paychecks. Guess what I did with that third paycheck? Right at the mortgage. Never saw it. My budget was set for two paychecks. I went on with four paychecks. That third payment just went right there at the debt. Man, it really imagine how that comes come walking in fast. Yes, sir. And uh, this, I mean, as I drive up down toward 400, they're building tons and tons of apartments, mm -hmm. not many houses. There's still house construction going on. Uh, when when you're dealing with with younger people that are just getting started, mm -hmm. what's what's the council advice or whatever on <clears throat> renting in I, order to build up the funds to get a, you know do a house purchase or, or whatever you know? I don't make a difference. I say either rent the asset or you rent the money to buy the asset. You're still renting. And either way, you know if if you lose a job, you, you're stuck. Right? You're gonna lose your home. So again, it depends on the area and what the what the price of the apartments are, what's the available. Um, yeah. it depends. That, that was the mistake we made when we moved to Alabama. We were given the advice don't rent. Oh. So we bought a house we could afford, didn't realize the neighborhood we rent. Oh. Now we can't get out of it. Okay. So, you know, that's yeah. I, I can't give a hard answer. There's just so many variables that go into that. Well, that's why I asked for counsel in those scriptures. Yeah. <laughs> just give me a call and I can give you some, you know, I, I can get, I, all I can say is this is what I do. And and if you don't follow my advice, you won't hurt my feelings. But that's that's how I do it. Well, it took, took me a long time in life, both my wife and I, to get, get from renting to 30-year mortgages. Yeah. And, 
fortunately, by God's grace, you know, the, the house we're still, the house we're in now has been for for nine years, I guess, and we've got a fifteen-year mortgage. Okay. And you know, paying that down, extra extra payment. Good. Kind of thing. Good. But it's 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 amazing when we go to speak with our our financial advisor and all that that uh, they're amazed we have so little debt. Yeah. Yeah. We got the mortgage and I got a car payment. And, yeah. And, and so. Uh, they're just amazed that uh, you know we're in that good of shape, and you know if I had the time to tell them uh, all of the deep pits that uh, that the Lord, you know, through the two by four experience, <laughs> you know, has, has given me a little bit of wisdom. Uh, more than wisdom is just saved me. <laughs> you know, I, I could tell them why we finally got to that point. You know, it's just too painful. Yeah. I've got to share something with you because <clears throat> folks will ask my advice. But this is what I liken it to. It's like, pretend I'm a doctor and someone comes to me and I say I'm sick. And the first thing I do is I say, okay, take your clothes off. I need to do the physical. Okay? When someone comes to me for financial advice, I say, take my clothes off. They go, no, you can't see all that stuff. <laughs> I can't give an intelligent answer until I know all their information. Yeah. Yeah. Just like I can't make a diagnosis that they won't let me examine. Yes, sir. Someone seeking a financial advisor, you've mentioned this several times. Uh, Someone starting out seeking someone that they can talk to, what what questions should they be asked? Well, again, I'll go back to Dave Ramsey. He's got a list of people that he recommends for insurance and uh, for for financial advice and things like that. But even then, there'll be different um, um, levels of understanding, and you'll want you 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 will ask questions and you say, "What's your what's your advice on debt?" Yeah. And and I would say that. And and how do you prioritize? What's your priorities? Would, if, if I had this, this, and this, what would you say work on first? Yeah. <coughs> Some scenarios like that. Oh, yes, sir. So, coming at it from a pastor, you know, my dad has a financial background, so mm-hmm. I grew up thinking about in terms of money, and, and I have been shocked at the level where there's just no financial literacy whatsoever. And so as I'm trying to train and use these scriptures and individual counseling, I keep running up with this mindset that I'm bumping up into. And it's, it can be summed up in the phrase, we've got to get up the money for this bill. And it's so elementary, you can't think long term. It's always, it's this bill we have to go find the money for. Yeah. What are some baby steps I can use to start budget steering those because I mean I can the monthly budget made the budget <laughs> okay and I just I don't know I can't get beyond the actual applying it I, I mean this is probably too specific you may not even have an answer for it just you can talk but how you can take that next step well there's some cases where you said buddy you've got yourself in a big hole you need to get a second job mm-hmm. I've told people like that they don't like that answer. Yeah. I see no way. Here's your income, monthly income. Here's your monthly expenses. You need a second job. And when you start working on some of these debts and getting them down, 
you're going to be amazed at how far fast that's going to turn around on you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And when and when you get the second job, don't spend above. That's the right. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. The budget stays the same. I had one, one couple came to me and said, okay, we need to set the budget. And, and the woman's going through the household expenses. And she says, well, I'm not going to tell you my whole expenses until you tell me the income. And I says, well, wait a second. The income's got nothing to do with the monthly expenses. What? <laughs> right? The, the woman says, I'm not going to give you the expenses until you tell me what the income is. And I said, to the husband, and I said, the, the income's got nothing to do with the monthly budget. Right? The expenses. It's not like, okay, this is the income, so you're going to expand it on them. No, that's, that's, that's not it. But that's the thinking. That's the thinking. There's another. I hate plastic. I hate those debit cards. That, that, I think that's been horrible for families. Boom, 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 and all of a sudden, you'll, i got no money, and I don't get paid for three, five days. At least in a checkbook, just to log it in there and subtract exactly. it out. Right. Right. They don't do it. Just oh no, I'm out. Hmm. I still need two tanks of gas. The next pay. <coughs> yes, sir. So, Brother Dolph, when uh, say church members come to you and they're desiring that the church maybe help them financially, hmm. tell us the paths you take in such a scenario. Um, there's one family that I've been there at Mount Olive now for 11 years there's one family that we consistently help over those 11 years and it's not every month it's not every year it might be here and then two or three years later it's again and then two or three years later it's again and um, that's where I put conditions I said okay nothing now we're going to have a budget meeting. and then we, 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 we go through the numbers and he was the guy I said you need a second job but but i said no Amen. so you're personally dealing with this do you have deacons involved or uh i mean you get right down to nitty-gritty budget expenses whole nine yards yeah if the church is going to help you thus and so or it's not available well i have not had a case where i've gone to the deacons and said no so they trust me. This is my background. Yeah, sure. Um, and thus far, I came that, that one family I was talking. I came really close to bringing another deacon in, but um, I think you saw the seriousness of it. Right. Things kind of worked out. I thought it was. I think he thought it was going to be another pass. Great question, though. Um, so, yes. um, on our local television station. That advertises for how to pay off your debts, pay off your mortgage, all that. He calls it the pill method. I have no idea what that is, or if it's biblically based. Are you, are you familiar with that? Or anyone here familiar with what that is? Is it an acronym for something? I don't know. You don't know? I, I, but he's got a book he wants to say. <laughs> those who can't teach those who can't teach consult right yes sir two questions first do you have a standard monthly budget form that you use so the categories are delineated in such a way that you think is about the right amount of granularity or do you I start from a blank sheet of paper with each family yeah I, what I what I usually do 
I, I don't like to do it that way because I like them to discover. Mm. So I make them pull out the checkbook or, or and the ones with the debit, the plastic, the debit. Yeah. I make we we go through every statement. Okay. I want them to see every dollar that flows out. Mm. The categories generally yes. devolve to the same, you know, brand mm -hmm. utilities. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll make like 11 things. categories okay. and we put them in each column. And that whole process is very useful. Yeah. The second one is some advice I've given. I don't know how often it needs to be used. But you remember the story where Gideon had won the battle and he asked for everybody's earrings from the Midianites. Mm -hmm. and he took the earrings, melted them down, made a big golden ephod. And the scripture says, and the thing became a snare to the house of Gideon for all Israel went whoring after. They all wanted that ephod. Yeah. And I like to see families with an accumulation and a savings and a rainy day fund and all that. But for churches to have it yeah. or extended families to have it can be disastrous. Yes. Because everybody starts looking at it wondering, yeah. what's going to be done with that? And well, I like what's done and what's coming to my benefit. It's like it's better, <coughs> better not to have that savings. It's better yeah. to, when you've got money, already start thinking about what you're going to do with it. Because Let's pretend you have a church and everybody practice saints' accounts. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. And everybody practice having the saints' account. And you say, okay, we need a new roof, and there's, what's your minimum, about $10,000? Right. And it's a $12,000. Okay, guys, you have the Saints accounts. This would be a good time to, to funnel some of that there. Thank you. Yeah. I think that would be a good solution. What is your methodology to determine if, if a will is better than a trust, or should somebody have a trust rather than a will? Uh, I don't you don't get into that? No, I don't. You know, talk to an attorney on that because, again, situations are unique. Mm -hmm. You said the brother, you told him the man's attending your church that he needed to, needed to get a second job. He yes. He didn't like it. Yes. Did he do it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Did they come out of it? They did. They did. It took about two years. How long? Two. Yeah. And it was it was really it's really contagious because when you pay off let's say and you know some of their bills were legit um, there was some medical expenses there and all of a sudden you know there's a four thousand dollar item and you know after a period of time that four thousand dollar goes away that payment that seventy dollars that was going all of a sudden it's going to a second debt mm -hmm. and that thing starts coming down fast it's exciting yeah. it's the snowballing yeah, yeah it's compounding it's yeah. compounding for you in the debt side. Have you ever recommended anybody take their credit card and freeze it in the freezer? And the reason why I say that is, you know, the guy here in Atlanta and I listened to it, and uh, and that's what he recommends. You yeah. know, take it, put it in a, a baggie with water, and freeze it. And then if you have to have something, by the time it's thawed out, you may have changed your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've got a couple families that put it in the lockbox in their house, but I never thought about the ice cube. <laughs> you probably mess up the chip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You good? Which probably wouldn't be a bad thing. <laughs> uh, what, what I'm put, uh, yes, sir. Brother Dolphin, do you, uh, I guess, what is your view on um, the assets that a church has? 
between these church buildings that are around and uh, sitting on property that's worth a lot of money. What is your view on that? I guess in general, what should a church consider? Uh, or should give considerations about that? Well, the first thing I would do in, in your particular situation, <coughs> and probably we need a map, put a pin where everybody lives. And if it's smack dab in the middle, I'd say that's where you belong. But if it's not, you might want to start researching alternatives. Where would you say your membership is? All over. All over? Yeah. yeah. That's a good central location. Yeah. Is there something you want to do with the money? No, I just wondered if, um, so it came up, uh, this has been a while back, uh, it came up that, um, it just kind of in a general way, we have a lot of churches that have, uh, you know, properties that are, are worth a lot of money, and if you sold that property, you could use that money in some kind of service to your community or to, to whomever, and you could have a, another place to worship that would... You don't need that. Probably, probably meet your needs better too, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's so that's a, uh, how do you make that decision? This, this is depressing. It goes with your first part of your presentation. But if the nation continues in the direction that it is now for the next six years, I can see a point where all church properties become targets and we need to think about being prepared to meet in homes again. Be prepared to what, brother? What? To be prepared to start meeting in homes again. Yeah. yeah. Because these, prop these, these properties are well known where they are, how much they're worth, and they become targets. I know it's a terrible thought, but you know, the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. Just, just a thought to be mind. What do you think the target would be? It would be, if it was violent, it would be to hurt the people on the property. If it was just financial possession, wealth redistribution, it would be to confiscate the property. Civil prosecution. Yeah. Yeah, or, or just outright confiscation. Yeah. Eminent domain. Yeah, domain. Hate speech. Now, I, hope I hope it never happens. I just, since that question was raised, I, yeah. Thank you, Brother Dahl. Put it on hey, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs>